0: Friends of the Rackney Cast, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Infinite gratitude to each and one of all of you. For this episode, we're going to cover the book Zorba, the Greek by Nikos Kazan Zakis. It's a book that I came across through reading the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss. And I'm here to kind of give you some of the essential truths of the book. And also, I'm going to give you a giant spoiler alert as to I think really the, the best passage of the book. So if you're a little bit freaked out or like you don't want spoiler alerts, you're like, oh my God, don't tell me what it's about so I can learn it for myself, then then don't listen. This is your own trigger warning. Don't listen to this episode of The Rock Me Cast. So this particular book is something that, um, it took me about six to seven months to read. And for a long time, it went under my shelf after I read The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. But I kept on thinking about this book. And I thought, I have to really read this book. And I have read it once. But I tell you what, this is the type of book that you can probably read four or five times. Maybe you kind of have a book like this that you read for the rest of your life. Because it, it contains so many beautiful nuggets, so many essential truths. And it reflects so clearly the human condition that I think this is the type of book that you just want to keep on your bookstand. Kind of like Thoreau, um, The Bible, Um, for me, Marcus Aurelius. These are the kind of books that kind of should go in your canon and inspire you to be the best version of yourself to overcome your doubts, your fears, who you are destined to become. You can do that very effectively through these great works of literature. So we're going to give you just, and this isn't going to be a very long episode because I need to get rocking. I have this thing now where I try to get up early morning and see the sunrise so I can set my circadian rhythm. So you're going to get a short episode. So for once, I'm going to be kind of succinct because the sun is literally rising as I speak. <clears throat> but the book starts out in the city of Pyrene- P- Piraeus, which is a Suburb of Athens, and sort of the two main characters in this book are essentially a young Greek intellectual who then meets this guy named Zorba, who's a lignite miner in in Greece. And so these two come across each other, and the the rest of the book basically is this kind of pent-up, seeming intellectual person, and this person who lives by the seat of his pants Zorba, kind of this big, huge personality, not a lot of education, makes a lot of observations about life. And it's just this great meditation about one, just the beauty of Greece. I would love to go to Greece sometime with this legend of Zorba book. And number two, kind of the essential truth of overcoming your fears and overcoming your doubts. And getting over that hurdle to basically be who you were truly destined to become. So before I get into this question of the central core truth of the book, one of the things about this particular writer, so I'm not going to give you a lot about the the plot itself, more kind of some of the truths itself. So you will be able to read this book kind of unencumbered. But first of all, setting aside sort of the human impact, the lessons you're going to learn from this book. This book is so beautifully written. It will make your hair stand on end. It will make you go, oh my God, that's beautiful. And let me just say, so I'll just share a couple passages with you. And this is basically the book. A couple, couple paragraphs here. They're talking about a time when they were on the seashore in Greece. You can only imagine it. And this is cousin Zakis' writing. It was early afternoon when we reached our seashore. Mm-hmm. White finely seeped sand, Oleanders still blossoming, fig trees, carob trees, and at a distance off to the right, a small treeless, ashen-color mountain that resembled a recumbent woman's face with blackish-brown veins of lignite running beneath her chin and down her neck. A cool, damp wind was blowing, the kind that follows rainfall. Some fluffy clouds were passing quickly overhead, sweetening the earth with haze. Other clouds were climbing excitedly up the sky, covering and uncovering. The sun so the earth's features were brightened and then darkened like those of a living face shrouded by heavy fog. I stood on the sand for a moment, examined the divine, uh solitude stretching out before me like a venomous seductive desert and a buddhist siren song rose up out of the ground enveloping my insides here's the quote when shall i finally withdraw into the desert alone without a companion with nothing except that hallowed certainty that everything is a dream when with only my rags without desire shall i withdraw happily to the mountain when seeing that my body is nothing but illness And slaughter, old age, and death, shall I free, fearless, filled with joy, withdraw to the forest? When, when, when? Zorba approached the Santori under his arm. That's the lignite, he said. But Zorba Friday did not turn. Another time, boss, he said, first let the earth stand still and still quivering, just like the boat deck. Blast the stinker, let's go to the village right away. So he set out with a long stride. That is just a small sample of what you get in this book. And sometimes, evidently, the author, I think he wrote it during World War II. Greece was occupied by uh, the Germans. There was not a lot of food. So he was literally writing through this just awful experience. And when when people write like this, you go, oh, you almost just want to be with them when they're creating this beautiful prose it reminds me of when I uh, read Moby Dick. There was a moment where he was talking about waking up with the uh, ocean waves pattering against the the beach, the wind blowing against his little writing cottage, and he was he had mentioned an exact date, like in eighteen fifty two, when he was writing that particular book, with the whale o- whale lamp glowing, and you could almost feel the smell of the salt and feel what he was experiencing at that time. Well, this is a lot the way that you experience this book. You can almost feel this writer as he's living through this horrible time, yet creating this moment of exquisite beauty. That is beauty amidst the suffering, some of these complicated aspects of life. And this whole book is a meditation on... This author, this young intellectual who seemingly knows it all, searching for the meaning of it all, what is life's purpose? He gets into this. Also, this just happened to be, literally, this is like a random page that I'd open. It says, he talks about what true freedom is. He says, yes, that's what freedom means, I was thinking, to have a passion, to amass golden puns and suddenly to conquer your passion, throw it to everything you possess, toss in the air, or to free yourself from your passion by obeying another that is higher. But isn't that just another form of slavery? Sacrificing yourself for an idea, your nationality, or your God, or could it be that the higher one's master stands, the rope time slavery is lengthened by the same amount. In that case, if we jump and frolic in a much wider domain, we die without ever discovering its boundaries. Isn't that what freedom means? So there he's getting into this, you know, kind of like this conventional view of what we want. We want a lot of stuff. We want to follow our passion. We want to do, you know, do all these different things. But here I think basically what he's saying is, is that if your passion is to make money, and that's all you think about to the the exclusion of all else, to what degree do you sacrifice who you are? To what degree do you become a slave? just acquiring those things when the true thing that drives you is time, your beauty, the ability to spend time with your friends. That's kind of this meditation with this, this young intellectual's desire for meaning coupled with this older gentleman who kind of does have life figured out, who kind of does have these sort of essential truths that, um, that he kind of expresses to the author throughout the book. And so that's, writing number one is what you get out of this book just these moments of exquisite beauty just like I'm about ready to experience as I go and walk and see the sunrise over the cornfield but here and I'm going to give you away the probably the best quote of the book and um, I think it's kind of it's kind of the climax so again if you're wanting to discover this for yourself then uh, don't listen. Turn it off and tune into me after you read the book. I'm probably going to read the book again. But it's kind of this discussion that Zorba, and so this whole book is really this meditation back and forth, or should I, should I say conversation? It's this conversation back and forth between this old, wise, you know, lignite minor and this urbane intellectual and the kind of interactions between the two. And of course, the intellectual is surrounded by all these constructions in terms of how he's supposed to um, act. These interferes, these inner things that kind of inhibit or block him from being who he was destined to become. And of course, there's Zorba kind of lets it all hang out. So I think to sort of encapsulate this book more than anything else is this question of this inner fear. You know, Stutz talks about this as the shadow self, that inner critic that tells you you cannot do it, who tells you you cannot become who you were destined to become, who robs you of who you are. And that fear is one of the most insidious things. Yes, fear can be healthy. It can prevent you from getting too close to the cliff. So you do need to listen to those fears, but you can't have that fear overcome these natural innate desires that you have to be the best of who you are. And of course, like everything, there's a yin and a yang to this. Both of these are kind of extremes, and it's up for you to kind of synthesize them and integrate them into the own quilt of your own life through these threads. But so there's this kind of moment where they're at a small village, and the author, the the narrator, is confronting um, Zorba about, you know, kind of some of his inner fears, and he kind of wants to go and do it with dance and at that point here's what happened. Zorba and the narrator had had this big huge meal and celebrating kind of an Easter celebration. and Zorba learns that there's a dance and the narrator is kind of like, I don't really feel like it. He doesn't really feel like it. He kind of just has a little bit of fear. And the author says, quote, I don't feel like it today, Zorba, you go for me, you dance for me too. And at that point, Zorba grabbed grabbed me by the arm and pulled me up. Damn it, my friend. Christ is risen. If only I was young as you, women and wine galore, see and work galore, full blast no matter what. Work on full blast, wine, sex, and all in full blast. No fear of God. No fear of the devil. That's the meaning of youth and strength. The lamb is talking inside, inside you, Zorba. I said with the laughter, it's gone wild and turned into a wolf. And then he says, damn it, the lamb turned into Zorba. It's Zorba who I'm talking about. He says, I am. And so that's basically the, I think, probably the essence of this book. Yeah, and I think that's probably what we all struggle with, balancing our instincts with what we want and juxtaposing those with our fears that this are consistent and persistent. And those fears arise from suffering. And suffering is something that you know the Buddha teaches about mindfulness in terms of thinking about what the origin of that suffering is and to be able to let go from that origin of that suffering. And so this is kind of the central part of the book in terms of this discussion between the fears that you have and how they impact who you are. Friends, my desire for all of you is to become who you were destined to become. To experience moments of exquisite beauty, to live your life's purpose as you were designed to, to live according to what you want, to be with who you want, desire what you want, and to lift up you to be the best version of you, but in in such a way that serves other people. You are at best in service to others when you yourself obtain a state of inner tranquility and attachment. That is what allows you to serve other people. And so I hope you get the chance to uh, read this book. I tried to share with you one kind of description of the writing number one. and number two, kind of the central teaching this kind of this kind of interaction between the lamb versus the wolf, or I think more of the times, like Christianity, we talk about kind of the lamb versus the lion, and you know the, the reality is, is I'm not necessarily saying never listen to any of your fears. Um, my only thing for you is to distinguish what those real fears are, and what those unfounded doubts are born by previous experience. That's I think our life's task is to make sure that we don't let those fears, some of which may even be real, prevent us from experiencing this wonderful kaleidoscope that we call life. And You know, the lion, I love people who are aggressive and live according to their limitations. But ultimately, and you'll get to this at the end of the book of uh, Zorba the Greek, is that I think the author is clearly saying you can't be 100% Zorba and just kind of Let it all go, come what may. There's limitations to that too. So it's kind of this this yin and yang between what you desire, what you want, and reconciling it and overcoming those fears to get past that. You know, it makes me think of that scene in Empire Strikes Back when Luke confronts his deepest, darkest fears in order for him to become who he was destined to become, this great Jedi master. And it's our ability to overcome those fears is what will help us unlock who we were destined to become. So friends, thank you so much for tuning in, however many of you decide to do that. You know, when I do these episodes, it's always kind of hard to know what's going to resonate and what's not going to resonate. Sometimes what I find is interesting is not as interesting to all of you my recent episode that I thought was one of my best so far has bombed in terms of numbers, but that's okay. Because, you know, I do want to listen to my inner voice and my inner voice is telling me to to do this and to overcome my own fears and share with you the raw authentic version of who I am friends. I'm going to go about my day. Now I'm going to get some stuff done. I'm going to go see and be with the woman that I love. And I'm going to experience the powerful um, forces of the earth, the sunrise. And I'll probably do at some point an episode on uh, getting out and enjoying and seeing that sunrise every morning, how important that is to reset your clock, to feel healthy, to feel good about yourself, and uh, basically be who you were destined to become. So that's it for this episode of the Rocky Cast. Infinite gratitude to each one of you who have tuned in. I hope you found it as useful in listening to it as I did in putting it together. Do continue to give us positive reviews on Apple, Spotify, and all places that podcasts are heard. We're going to continue to do this podcast. I don't care if I have one listener. This is something that I'm going to do for the rest of my life because um, that's what I think my purpose is. My purpose is to be right here, sharing what I've learned with you so that you can be the best version of you and in doing so, in the that best position to serve other people. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, I hope you have an opportunity to read Le- Legend of Zorba or the Zorba the Greek. Until next time, you and I see each other on the Rocking Cast.